Hello everyone, I'm Yvonne Edoutu and this is Beautiful Mind Podcast. Welcome back to Beautiful Mind Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on this episode. How are you doing? And I hope your September has been going really fine. So, this episode, I have a guest on the show. And let me just read her bio to you. She bagged her LLB from the University of Ibadan and was called to the Nigerian Bar and then proceeded to the George Washington University for her LLM in business and finance law. She switched careers to finance and previously worked at Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan. She currently works in a Fortune 500 company under their Asset and Wealth Management division. She's passionate about purpose and embracing change. She's a friend, daughter, sister, wife, and a girl next door. Please join me in welcoming Naomi Odutayo. Thank you so much, Yvonne. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's really, really uh, a privilege and a great honor to be here today. So thank you. I'm so glad you you accepted to come on the podcast, you know. And if you listen to my last episode, I talked about me getting a scholarship to attend Cornell University. So this episode, we'll be talking about education, career switch, friendship, entrepreneurship. It's a whole package and I hope you stay with me and enjoy. How are you? How are you doing right now? Hey, I'm good. I'm all right. You know, we're just trying to survive in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Staying safe. So how's the pandemic over there? You, you have to follow protocols. Like there are some places you go to and you're actually fined if you're not wearing your mask. Like if you go to like the grocery store and things like that. But basically like life is actually back to normal, at least in the state I live in, you know, in Texas. So uh, like the dining, restaurants, everything, they're back to, you know, normal as well, at least to 50% capacity. Okay. Um, okay, Lagos. It is the same, Abby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's really difficult. You know, in the beginning, like March, April, you see people were really trying to go with the, you know, in your house. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, people get tired. You know, people get tired and, you know. And businesses were suffering. Exactly. A lot of businesses closed down. Yes, people so lost their jobs. Yes. So, man, so I guess people, you know, it's just human nature. Like people were just tired of, okay, let's even come out and see, but obviously with precautions, you know. So yeah. But like like weddings, I've been to a wedding, although, you know, with the CDC guidelines and everything. I've been to a wedding. People travel, you know. Uh predominantly people are trying as much as possible to live normally. No. You know, yeah. but obviously you have that in your subconscious that you know, wash your hands, you have your sanitizers and social you know, distancing at all times. At all safe. times, mm-hmm. yeah. So being alive. So. Oh, good to know. Okay. I saw that you did a master's in business and finance, and bro, I mean, we have the same background. Doing so lot, and my call her doing so lot. Her name is also. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Naomi also studied law. We studied law in Nigeria together. What made you think about business and finance? And I mean, why did you choose to do the LLM in business and finance and the school you chose as well? Yeah, so for me, um, yeah, we studied law, like Yvonne said. We studied law together. We are called to the bar. I knew that I didn't want to pursue litigation, you know. So 
I've always loved the idea of corporate law, corporations, businesses, you know, advising them about their legal rights, responsibilities and duties, compliance, things like that. You know, so that's that's what really um, led to my pursuit of business and finance law. They didn't typically have the name corporate law in, in the institution that I went to. So I, I felt like going that route was, you know, going to lead me to my then goal of being a corporate lawyer, you know. So, okay. and the choice of school, um, Judge Washington, you know, Judge Washington, the location is, you know, is in the center of everything. You know, the White House yeah. was just like a few blocks away. You yeah. have IMF, you have World Bank. World Bank. So I thought I was, you know, I was, I was made, you know. I thought my location, I, tr- I, I thought I strategically lo- locating myself or placing myself in that, environment was going to open doors to uh, this doors. Yeah. <laughs> automatic automatic doors for me and everything yeah. but i learned very fast that things are not no, like that I, I know, Espe- know. and i feel like that that would have been one of the selling points for gwu you know it's exactly because i also applied and i got in though i didn't and i didn't get a scholarship or anything and that's why i didn't even go to school but yeah, and Naomi was one of the reasons why I applied. Because I'm like, okay, this looks so nice. <laughs> you know, we all have different dreams. Uh-huh. Usually in the podcast, for me to be talking about dreams. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel, it, I don't think it was a bad decision, but well, I'll leave that up to you. I just feel like the way um, schools in the U.S. sell themselves, they give you like such grand dreams. Like, hey, your life is about to change. Like you talked about location. I, I went to visit Doinsala in D.C. You will see World Bank, but you might not enter it. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm telling you. So can you give us a brief like, background of your current field? And what led you to switching careers? So, you know, as we were um, saying previously, like pursuing my LLM, you know, I had the, I'll call it the grand dream. Going to George Washington was just the selling point. Like there was no way for me doing Solalani Peko or Naomi, would you tire now, to, <laughs> you know, to have gone to um, George Washington and be in that central location and not get the big job. There yeah. was no, no one could tell me that. But uh, for me, um, well, uh, after I got my master's, or even before, before I uh, finished my um, degree, I was applying like crazy for internships, you know, anything I could get. I had like over a thousand applications, if not more, you know. Wow. Things, I'm telling you, pushing things out there. But unfortunately for me, I didn't really get that kind of job that I wanted. And, you know, nothing quite worked for me as I then. So what I decided to do, finally, I was able to get like a boutique law firm um, that hired me, but obviously was unpaid, sorry, unpaid internship. And but obviously we're in America now, like you have to, you have to have your source of income, irrespective of the fact that I was living with my parents, you know, I was comfortable, you understand. But at the same time, after studying for so long, you want to have, you know, you want to have the proof or you have, you want to have something to show up for. For what yeah. you study. Um, in my pursuit of still looking for a job while working at that boutique law firm, I decided to I, I just I just walked into a bank. I think I wanted to open an account. Yeah, I think that okay. was a story. I wanted to open an account. And as God will have it, it was the manager of that bank that opened my account. So normally now when you go to a bank, you talk, customer service and things like that. And you know, I just told the guy that man, I just finished my master's and I'm looking for a job, you know, and being that, you know, I gave you my backstory, lawyer from Nigeria, I have my LLM, 
And uh, being that with lawyers, we deal with clients. In the bank, you deal with customers. So it's almost like the same thing. So I was able to sell myself. So okay. to cut the long story short, basically, the guy offered me a role as a personal banker then in a bank in the East Coast, because then I used to live in Maryland. So, um, but while I was there, my goal was actually to, you know, move into the legal profession from there, because then to me, it was law or nothing. You know, I put so yeah. much pressure on myself and I was like, no, no, no. I studied this thing for seven years combined in Nigeria. It has mm-hmm. to work for me. You know, I have to have a proof or I wouldn't call it a proof, but I have to have that rewarding, like, you know, pat myself in the back and be like, oh, Naomi, you did good for yourself. So then the pursuit began. I decided to, you know, as a foreign lawyer, there are just a few states where you don't necessarily have to write your JD, which is like their law degree program, their three years program. So um, New York was one of them. So I decided to write my New York bar exam. This was back in, I believe it was 2016, I, I think, Yvonne. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 2016. So I decided to write the New York bar. My dear, I failed. I failed. I failed the first time. I attempted the second time and I failed again, you know, and backtracking now, you know, maybe due to some personal reasons, like, you know, the first time I wrote the exam, maybe I didn't give myself ample opportunity to prepare. You know, I just gave myself like a week, you know, the way America is structured. You just have a few days for your vacation, you know, so, and I I tried, I tried to study, but it didn't work out for me. So I wrote it the first time, the second time. And, you know, that was when I just tapped myself and at the back and just told myself, it seems this is not working. And I remember I had a conversation with my dad. My dad was like, man, you're in a fantastic field. Like, why don't you water where you're planted? Why don't you pursue it with all of your your might and everything? Because to me then it was like, I would say the pressure wasn't coming from family. It wasn't coming from friends. It was, just it was from coming you. from me, myself, because I was yeah. like, I can't, you know, no, I can't, I cannot, I cannot not say that I, I wouldn't pursue this law, you know? know. So, and exactly. And even when the opportunities were coming from me in the bank to move up and everything, I was just turning everything down. It's oh, either more wow. or nothing. I remember my sister, she came with some, entrepreneurial stuff. I was, I turned that down. I was like, no, if I don't get this, law <laughs> if i don't get this law it's nothing for me so m- me failing those exams was a rude awakening for me because i know that i'm not dull it was it was a rude awakening for me and i think you know going back to um the topic of like change you know yeah. there's so many things in our lives like the way we study in nigeria is so different from how they study here in the u.s you know you have more of like objectives what we call um is it um mcq what do you call that mcq now multiple choice (laughs) mcq so you you have to have like um an analytical thinking as opposed to nigeria that is just cram la poor here you have to have analytical thinking. so that i also found out found out real quick that i had to adapt to their learning methods here in the u.s Mm -hmm. so yeah so that's that to cut the long story short that's how yeah and basically from there i you know like i said i decided to water the ground that i was on and even see what was going to come out for for me from it and you know i was able to write like professional exams move over from you know like actual banking to investments now i work in as an analyst or financial consultant in uh, the assets and uh, wealth management division of my company so i you know it only gets better from there it's so nice i, I like the fact that you gave the backstory i mean i feel like it's hard for a lot of people to 
be able to switch careers, especially as you said, you spent seven years, you know, studying law in Nigeria is even longer. So you go to law school, if you schooled in Nigeria, they might have been striking your school. So you just have like eight years or seven years to show for it. And that's before working. And you just tell yourself, man, I have to do this law or nothing. Thankfully, your dad was able to have a discussion with you. I didn't even know that side of the story. I just knew you were oh, yeah. bank and that's it. So yeah, cheers to switching from law to, to finance. So how did you accept that you were actually going to have to switch your career? And how did it affect you mentally? Because I feel you have to mentally prepare yourself before you can just accept that, okay, closing that chapter, closing law. First, I'll start by saying that accepting wasn't easy. You know, like I said, for me, the pressure wasn't even coming from family or friends. It was coming from me, myself. You understand? Because I knew what I had invested, you know, my time, you know, yeah. all those days now, Yvonne, you are studying late <laughs> night, you know, doing all that, you know, law library, doing all those things. They're now not just pursuing a master's, but pursuing a master's in law. It was, I wouldn't lie to you and come here and say that it was easy accepting. It wasn't. And it's not going to be easy for anyone. Um, I know in Nigeria, they're saying of, is either you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, or you're a disgrace. <laughs> I heard that someplace on one girl's YouTube video. Like, exactly. Nigerian parents say that. So yeah, really. so, you know, most of our parents, but in my own case, it wasn't even like that. And it wasn't, again, it's not like this law, like I really loved it. <laughs> like it's the time you invest in it. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, it was more about that. Like, it's, it has to work. Seven years, no, 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 no. I'm not going to waste it. So for me, I think I realized quickly as well that I was getting good at my job. I have to just water where I'm planted. So why don't I give this new profession, okay. like my hundred, and see what would come out of it? And more so, I know that I'm called to buy in Nigeria. I'm a lawyer. Nobody can take that from me. If tomorrow now I want to dust my wig, or now that even I relocated uh, from Maryland, I now live in Texas. If I want to ride the Texas bar, I can always do it. It's just a matter of when. Do you understand? So yeah. that opportunity is always still there for me. So, and the part I'm, I'm towing right now is still in the line of dealing with corporations. I'm still working in sort of that line. The only difference is the fact that I'm not, you know, doing the, the law aspect of things, but I can always dust it up and move on from there. And this thing also, it, it, it came to my mind, like many top people that you see, the likes of um, a lot of US presidents, looking at like Obama, looking at um, Bill Clinton, looking at uh, Hillary Clinton, you realize that most of these people, they are lawyers, but they find themselves in politics and doing other things. So there's always a background to things and nothing eventually is a waste. That's Nothing true. is a waste. So even in Nigeria, Ibuka, even Funke Akidele, they are lawyers. Whatever it is for me, I, I realized what the problem was, which is pressure I'm placing on myself. I had yeah. to just pat myself in the back and be like, what's the way forward? Because this banking too is not, it's not a part of things. Like I had to adapt to nuances, terminologies. For example, in America, they use credit system. That was new for me. In Nigeria, I don't even think I use checkbooks. <laughs> You know, as a student, how much did I have? <laughs> we had passbook now. Do you remember yeah. first back? We had we had passbook now. Is it savings booklet? Remember back then when you want to withdraw money, you have to go that you fill out the and write the amount. You know, yeah. <laughs> you that was like many. You now say I can give it to them in the counter, but I mean, like, did you typically like write a check to someone? Oh, no. Like, oh. We didn't have current like, accounts now. What's what's correct? Until much later, that mm. you start getting into all of that. 
so you know i i became exposed i was i would use the word educated i came i came i came into another field like from the grassroots from learning about the credit system to learning about credit cards to loans to mortgages you know to in, now investment to asset management to wealth management and also the fact that you know i also have this fear like oh how, how am I going to do so well in finance? I don't like math, you know, because there's that mean, yeah, that's like, it. Um, if you don't, if you don't do like accounting or something like that, you know, the job I do, I don't even deal with maths. I don't. Yeah. So don't, don't let anyone deceive you. Don't be the one standing in the way of your success. That's a word. Don't be the one standing in the way of your success. I think I'll end on that note. This, this question is like a summary of everything you've spoken about. For people listening, especially now that this is the period people resume for their master's. I know for the US, UK, August, September is resumption time. So whoever is listening, if you're thinking about going for your master's, then you should listen to doing so answer to this. So what was it like, you know, adjusting to America, their schooling system, your search for a job and embracing this whole new career? What can you tell anybody listening that's thinking about going to school about like, the challenges that personally most likely face? Yeah, so I'll just say be open to change. I will speak from like a Nigerian perspective, and I know mm-hmm. you, you have like other audience from other countries. Yeah, international baby. <laughs> you know, we have this culture in Nigeria. I would call it, is it packaging mentality or whatever. You know, if you've not worn suit and tie, if you have not carried bag. Oh, let me even just, I remember the very first day <laughs> I resumed at my job, um, the first banking job that I had. If you see me, Yvonne, I wore high heels. Stack of that. See dress now. See dress. You know, figure eight things then. <laughs> you know, I had, you know, I was ready to rule. And, you know, I was, I looked at the faces of the, even the branch manager when he saw me, he was like, ah, in, in, in their minds, like, what's wrong with this person? You know, so we have this, <laughs> we have this mentality in Nigeria that everything has to be suit and tie everything has to be like cacked up everything has to be i remember a, a story i think it was peace square or something a very long time ago and i hope i'm saying it correctly mm-hmm. i think maybe he was talking about you know careers and things like that and you know the fact that in nigeria the way we package things if you're not wearing suit and tie you're not earning and it was like i pay those that wear suit and tie okay i pay them you know so it's it's all about i think the thing the first thing is that it's a mentality thing you understand if you know who you are and whose you are i'm a christian so i might just dab that in if you know who is backing you you know that whatever you lay your hands upon to do as long as god is backing you you're gonna be fine right so embrace change um whatever mentality you have from nigeria wherever you're coming from you set that aside and be able to that's absorb true. new culture. They said when you're in Rome, you live like a Roman, right? Yeah. Then number three, before you leave, do your research. Do your research on the school that you're going to. How do they treat international students? That's do you true. have a package for international students? Because many people, you know, like we said initially in the beginning, they'll promise you heaven and earth. You think that, <laughs> oh, after school, you're going to learn a job. Imagine the amount of international students, like in my class, LLM. You know, LLM is mostly international because yeah, rarely do you see Americans or like even lawyers in America that have already done their JD doing an LLM, except maybe like your firm sponsors you or something. Sponsors, or if you want to, you're trying to be a lecturer or something, I think that's so, Yeah, you're trying to know more about that particular field or something and they're like, okay, we're paying for you, go do this, 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 and that. Make sure you are there for the right reasons. And I'll say this, 
emphatically. Like, make sure you're there for it. Because most of us, we leave Nigeria. The goal is, oh, I do, I will go, to, I'll have my bachelor's, um, go to law school in my own case, do my master's. Yeah. Do my, it's always that, it's always in that thing, one, two, three. Uh, what I came to, what I came to realize is that if you don't have like actual work experience, don't do a master's for me personally. And please do not quote me. But as far as I'm concerned, pursuing an LLM is a waste. <laughs> and I will say it like in my chest, my full chest. Like I heard on um, CCA means um, she's a YouTuber. Okay. <laughs> I was watching how to make pop pop and everything. And she said something. She said, uh, people that used to like reduce the oil in puff puff and everything. She said, if you want to eat puff puff, come, come, come and eat puff puff with your chest. <laughs> so the same thing I was saying here, like, um, I'm saying it, I'm saying this based on based on my experience. As far as I'm concerned, the LLM for me, I've not I've not used that degree. So you don't think it, it serves like a foundation for this your finance? I don't think so because even there are so many people in America in great companies that did not even pursue a degree in, in America, okay. and they are doing great. America is more about your experience. What experience do you have? You know that's why I said do not despise the days of early beginnings right yeah. even from when you were doing maybe work, working at mcdonald's or working at chick-fil-a or what what have you you are getting experience learning how to talk to people you know to customers from Customer, there relationship, exactly, management. You, you, yeah. ex- relationship management you're learning how to tolerate people which is what you'll find in the actual workspace even in those big companies those skills that you think mm, how will i get them you will get them in those kind of jobs. That's you understand? Cool. So, yeah, so that's... Um, that, okay, that's let me that's... ask you this. I know you, you, you explained to us how you got a job from trying to open a bank account and speaking to the manager. Do you think mm-hmm. you that you just finished your master's in George Washington University gave the manager an opportunity to take a chance on you? You think that was like a foot in the door? Well, I, I, don't, I don't really think so. I do because I already made the statement that I was a lawyer you know, yeah. back from where I was coming. And the syllogism that I made was, oh, with law, we deal with clients. In banking, mm-hmm. we deal with customers. I think that's what sold me. It wasn't my... Because I can't be calling names, but I know a lot of people that came straight from Nigeria. Or even like my husband, you know, he, he, he had his master's in the UK. He hasn't really done any particular degree in the US. Yeah. And he's doing good. So don't let people sell lies to you. If you have the correct papers, if let's, let's say you're not trying to transition from being a student to um, then maybe permanently living in the U.S. If that's your only reason for doing a master's program or because, oh, my friend has done it or because people around me have, have done it, I think you're, you're going in it for the wrong reasons. You know, so I, I, from, to answer your question in, in short, I, I don't think that 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 if I talk to him, you understand because my resume, like at the end of what was really on my resume, there was really nothing like experience apart from my experience in Nigeria. In Nigeria. There was really nothing on my res- resume that sold me because and the masters in law that I got had nothing. Okay, yeah, I did banking as one of my courses in my master's degree, but I don't think that really helped me because I did banking in Nigeria anyways, banking law. I did that. Oh, in that's Nigeria. true. Exactly. My my thesis or I don't know what we call it back then in Nigeria Your project. was even my project was in banking. My master's degree, my project was in banking. So, and I think See, again, that was a pointer, you know, though. Exactly. So, like, I should have seen the sign. Exactly. Another pointer. So, that's why it was like, okay, after like I wrote those exams and it didn't work out for me, I was like, maybe this is even what God is. I mean, I didn't know you did that. Well, see, you got us already direct. You already had, I feel like you already had an interest in banking for you to do that. Mm. And then you now chose to do the master. It was already there in the background. You just started to be 
or your banking knowledge helping you in your legal field, not knowing to be like the other way around. So exactly. And again, that LLM, again, alluding to the fact that I feel personally, and like I said, it's a person, anyone can have their opinions as to things, you know, and my experience is so different from any, any international or I wouldn't say any regular international student because, you know, like I already had my papers. So if your, your reasoning, you know, like I said, is to navigate towards, which wasn't my goal, you understand? So yeah. but basically the reason, and another reason why I said that the LLM was a waste is the fact that Yvonne, we, we did like 24 credits. I think we need like 24 credits, right? Out of that 24 credits, there are really some mandated shitty <laughs> there's some mandated shitty courses that you have to courses that you took in 100 level in, in UI. Like um um introduction to American American legal system. Oh yeah, American legal system. Like, but ours was also exactly, like two weeks. No, mine was like I had to take like maybe two credits. Imagine out of the thousands I'm paying, out of the twenty-four credits, I'm forced to take like two or three credits towards something that is so meaningless then um you, you if, if you want to if you want to if you're like for me um since my since my focus was on business and finance law i had to take compulsory courses like corporate law okay. and corporate law is still the same as in, like it's just the again nuances and maybe say the yeah well it's kind of complex but it's just because it's american legal system i mean it's not nigerian exactly so for me for me personally and this is for young lawyers I don't, well, young lawyers, number one, I even feel that it's better for you to do an MBA. See, as far I was as waiting to ask you that. I'm so excited I, I, on that. An MBA. Exactly. I, I feel, the key thing I feel is better for you to do an MBA and get an actual working experience. Like for me, I was, I just served and I came, and I came to the US. I didn't really get that. Get an actual, in whatever field it is, get an actual experience. So when they're saying things in class, you can put those things together and it's the experience that you have from working that would also shape what you actually want to study or the masters you want to go for. And that would end that on that note. So thank yeah. you so much. You, you dropped so many points. I hear that even on Twitter, different people talk about how an MBA is a more marketable degree. I feel uh-huh. like, and that's why I say come for the right reasons. So if you're coming uh-huh. just get like an LLM to understand the American legal system get more knowledge, interact with international students, get a feel of America, your school, that's a good thing. But if you are thinking about maybe advancing, being able to switch to other uh, industries and all, I feel like an MBA is a more marketable degree. You don't give up. Exactly. Sorry, one more thing. Okay. Well, and another thing, if you're, maybe if you're going towards academia, yeah. then maybe LLM will be good for you. And if your firm is sponsoring you, why not, you know? Go for it. Maybe they want you to know more about oil and gas, business and finance or something. Go for it. But if you don't know, if you don't, if you are just following the Nigerian pattern of school, the masters, please have several seats. My That's it. <laughs> mind drop. Off your mic. So, off your mic. <laughs> <laughs> off your mic. Oh, as you said, you moved from Nigeria to America. When did you move? 2014, right? Not 2014. Permanently, 2013. So, you've been away for what, seven years plus, and you're still in touch with your friends in Nigeria, your friends in other countries. How important is building relationships and maintaining friendships? Building relationships and maintaining friendships. So, basically, I think it's just about being intentional. That's it. And for me, I had quality friends. When I mean quality friends, like in every sphere of my life, there are friends that let me say I'm doing anything. 
I know that it would always stand beside me and stand for me, you know? So, um, it's about being intentional. You don't have to like, even for both of us, even a month might go by, you might not really talk. Like, yeah. I mean, aside from our group, you know, but mm. we might not really talk. But when we talk, we talk as if we saw yesterday and we haven't mm. seen each other since 2016, I believe. I know, right? Girl. No, I think it's 2016. Yes. Yeah, when you left, February when you left the US. No, no, you left the US in 2017. I left you in 2017. Yeah, this was, I you're supposed to be on my train, Yvonne. You're supposed to be one of my, Yvonne, you're supposed to be my chief bridesmaid. And she, she bailed out on me. Can you believe it? But that's, <laughs> you know, the condition I left. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. I think the key word when it comes to friendships, relationships, you just have to be intentional. And you know the kind of friends you have, like the kind of friends I have, they're not problematic. Like, oh, she didn't call me for two weeks. So, yeah, that's why. Even my friend, Oyebola, like there was a time, like in a year, maybe we spoke maybe once in six months or something like that. But if you see when we talk, it's like just ourselves yesterday. So the key word is just be intentional. Then I knew that the kind of friends I have, they were life, lifetime friends. Some of us haven't seen for like how many years plus and all. So yeah, back to what you're saying about being intentional. I don't know yeah. if at a point you can tell that this friend will be in your life. Well, for me, right from time, like I believe, I believe strongly that you choose your friends. In as much yeah. as friendship is a two-way thing, yeah. you're also intentional about choosing your friends. Okay. Like my friends are like me. I, obviously there's no two even twins they're not totally alike but i know what i mean that they're like me like in terms of the drive values. in terms of yeah, exactly the values in terms of even like you said the we're, we're all in you know law and every, I, I wouldn't even say it's because of law but number one i chose my friends okay and when i chose my friends the values the likes they were really, really similar. So it was, it, it was really, really, it was just, it was, it was a no-brainer for me. And now this is, this is 2020 technology. If when I'm talking to you, I see we're in the same room together. I know, right? So, so what else, what else do you need? You know, being in each other's life when mm-hmm. the times are good, bad, you know, and just praying for each other and, yeah. you know, caring about each other. So, what else? What else? Okay, so do you have any tips on nurturing friendships? Since I know you said intentional, but like, what other tips do you have about like keeping these friendships and ensuring that it it's nurtured? Well, I think for yeah, uh, for nurturing friendships, I just think, like I said, not taking anything too personal. You understand? Like, for example, I know there was a time I was telling you that Yvonne, I will message you, and you not respond. You know, like me, I'll put like ten lines. And you just give me like one oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's, until you called me out on it i was like oh wow exactly so you know things like that you could take it like personal like what's wrong with this person but you have to understand that people especially like i said being that we're in different places mm-hmm. um you have to understand that people are going through a lot that they can't even share with the person next door you understand yeah. you have to it's just like in marriage as well where they tell you to lend forgiveness you forgive the person ahead of time because you yourself you're not perfect you're thinking that you're doing everything right and the person in their mind is like okay what's wrong with you or maybe you said something that you don't even know may have offended the other person so i think is forgiving ahead of time and understanding that you know you can't really understand what people are going through you can't understand what people are going through so 
I think that answers the question. You know, you know that it's not just it's not just your friendship they've come to do in life. They still have their careers. <laughs> you know, and it's the truth. Now they still have their careers. That's a sub to me though. And like my sister always says, giving people a long road. It's not like the person. Oh. Person might be going through stuff. And you said if you can pick up your phone and call the person if you badly want to talk to the person. Exactly. Thank God you mentioned that thing. And I've discovered that I actually do it to a lot of people. <laughs> and it's not because yeah. I have anything to say. I just got to the point that I'm like, nice, cool, yeah. okay. But until you drew my attention to it, I just felt everybody was fine with it. So yeah, not taking things personally. Giving people a longer rope. As long as you know this person has things. Thing is, it's not like a person is trying to send you a message that, hey, you're not important to anything. Being able to forgive ahead. So if you're listening and after, I mean, you've gotten the tips today, so I shared, think about how you can incorporate praying for your friends. So let me ask you, I know you brought up that your sister was trying to introduce entrepreneurship to you. Sometimes I go oh. to Instagram and I see everybody selling one thing and I feel bad. But why aren't you selling one thing? What can you sell? You go to bed thinking, oh. when can I start a business? Every, they make entrepreneurship so glam and I don't think yeah. it's glam. I know it's hard work. Same as your yeah. 9 to 5. Same as your yeah. 9 to 10 or 9 to whatever time. What do you think about this side hustle culture? Yeah, well, I've, I've dabbled into things. So, you know, now, now, like you said, Instagram, everything, everybody is selling you, is selling you a perspective, you know, that you're balling or they're selling something or whatever yeah. it is. But um, we side also, you know, even with books that you read, even in things that you watch, you hear nowadays that, you know, your job or let's say one hustle that you have would not really get you there. If, mm-hmm. if your goal is to have like transgenerational wealth, yeah. you cannot be doing one hustle. Like in America, I'll just use that even from pay- paycheck to paycheck because you already ha- every month you already have your bills that are wait- looking at you in the eye. So <laughs> you know what you're going to be left with yeah. like at the end of each month. But let's say you have goals, you have so many projects, you, you want to be a blessing. You're, you just don't want to be blessed, but you want to be a blessing to people. Then you have to think of um, other ways to generate income. And this could be active or passive. So you see people drawing it back to what I do, like asset wealth, wealth management, you see people, you know, you know, investing their money in stocks, bonds, you know, tying it down for a couple of years, you know, yeah. hopefully to yield something. You see people having like IRAs, um, that's um, investment, retirement account. And you see people with 401 and you see people with pension plans. You know, you see people, you know, in, doing real estate, you know, just buying investment property, hoping that over time they're they are going to use it to build their portfolios and things like that. So that's on the side for passive income, you understand, and a passive, passive side hustle. Then you have the active side hustle. Like for me, personally, so, so when it comes to entrepreneurship, as harsh as, as it may sound, I don't think it's for everyone. Okay. I don't think it's for And don't let anyone, and I think that's the beauty of, don't let anyone make you feel bad that, for example, if you're not the type, there's some people that are not, they're not good in marketing. Not because they are shy, but they're not just, it's not their thing. They can't talk for too long. You understand? So yeah. know your lane, know who you are. Like for me personally, I've dabbled into so many things. Like when I was in Nigeria, when I was, when I was serving, I was selling um, human hair, weaves. You oh, really? Right? Yeah, in of course. I was, sell- I was selling, like, you see me, my khakis, you know, going to Ministry of Justice then, you know, putting my weaves in. My- I-, I sold weaves. I've doubled into Ankara. Oh, business. yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, I, I recognize you, though. 
Yeah, myself and we them. We had that business, you know. It's not easy. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things pushing it on on social media. You know, dealing with shipping, dealing with the person okay. that I'm talking from personal experience. Dealing, dealing with person, the, the person that is going to sell your stuff. Then you know, the person trying to increase the price when they realize that oh, this thing is for America. They to the exact for foreign people. They want to up on the price. And then for me, my target audience was um was. Africans, because obviously, or African Americans, basically, mm-hmm. um, like after church, you know, I meet up with people, talk to you know, you, you have to have that boldness, walk out to people, talk to people, and tell them that oh, this is what I'm selling, blah blah blah, and your trunk becomes your market. But you realize so many people, what what's that happening? But what actually discouraged me from that business is you talk to people this week and they tell you oh next next week and you see them next week you see that they are passing the other door at the entrance of the church. They are running from you know. And meanwhile, you you taught me how that to do. I will carry money, go house. You know, that can, but it doesn't work out for you. You have to understand that not everything that is being sold out there or not everything that you're seeing on Instagram mm. is really, truly as it is for people. Mm. There are so many people marketing on Instagram and they, they don't have a dollar in their account. They don't have a Naira in their account. So know your lane. Try as, as much as you can to do side hustles. Try and lay your hand. It's just... Okay, I think the key thing is if you have a passion, for example, recently for me, I started, you know, building up um, a desire to learn how to bake cakes, right? So, and I've watched like YouTube videos and everything. And well, I baked a couple of cakes, cakes, but it didn't really come out the way I want. So the next step for me now is, okay, let me take a class. You understand and see. And around me, I have people around me, I'll sell things. You know, from there you start up, you understand. But don't, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad that, oh, because someone is selling so, so, and so. You know, everyone, I, I saw a post one time, everyone will show you their glam- glamorous life on, on social media. No one is going to show you when they're crying. No one is going to show you their bank accounts when they're broke and everything. But the, the goal is enter- ent- entrepreneurship is not for everyone. But if you have a passion, obviously, we're not just a one-way traffic human yeah. being. If you have a passion... If for, ex- for example, you like making hair or something, try to learn how to make it. You understand? And if it doesn't work out for you, at least you know you tried. But you just sitting there. And, because anything can be money nowadays. Anything. Even the Instagram that we scroll through, or even YouTube videos that we watch, you yeah. see it under sponsored, or you're just watching a normal YouTuber talking to you, and the next thing they just plug in something. They've made, they've made money with the fact that you've watched that stuff. So try your hands because if you're truly building transgenerational wealth, one hustle, if I, they're paying, paying you millions, one hustle would not really do it. You have to just try. I know your weaknesses. So, you know, I mentioned the fact that there's active and there's side passive. and there's passive. But at the end of the day, if yours is passive, you know that your 401k, blah, 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 they're working for you. Your investments, they're working for you. You're fine. You don't have to sell on Instagram. It does not your question. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. That's for that. If active mm-hmm. is not working, try passive. Exactly. Although, oh, Isola, I've had so much fun talking about school, career change, friendship, entrepreneurship. So now I want to ask, what do you do for self-care? For me, I like, you know, I like to, to go for massages. As, 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 yeah, I like to go for massages because... I don't know when I was a student, <laughs> I didn't need to like feel like back pains or whatever. But this work life, man, you know, there are days your back is like broken. And um, going back to the question you asked, I, I like to travel. I, I love to travel. And I love 
I, I love music, like music, whatever I'm going mm. through. It just, you know, now. You, you tell me you've listened to Maverick City music. Are you listening to the album back to back? Not, not yet, but Promises. I told you I listened to Promises, though. So yeah, listen to everything. Mm-hmm. No, no, the others you have, and thank you. You have Holy Ghost. You have Filled the Room. And yeah. yeah, so. That's nice. So you chill, yeah. you like massages. Mm-hmm. I, mean, nails, I like to do my traveling. nails. Like, yeah, like for me personally, my hair. I do my hair myself because oh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned that I make I make wigs for people as well here. You don't mention like, it now. We're supposed to talk about. Oh, it I didn't mention also, it. Like, don't mention it. Yeah, 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 I make I, mean, I make wigs for people. Like I'm good. I think I'm a creative when it comes oh, to like. Don't think. Don't like you are creative. Okay, I, I take it, and I think I. I need to pursue that more when it comes to like interior designing. Girl. When it comes to back Even your when fashion, did you used to draw fashion. your clothes for your thing back in UI? <laughs> back then, but I think I've pulled down. Going back to the America, American simplicity thing. When it comes, to I think fashion, America I humbles you. It humbles at some you. point because back in uni, I, I just had to insert that best dress. They saw a good tattoo and they would draw up ideas. You know, you cut hand from this person's <laughs> dress, put the bottom part of this. And then the hair, and yeah, you make weeds, you made my yeah. hair. So you're a really creative person. Yeah, I think it was Lord Dina, 400 level Lord Dina was there about. When <laughs> hey, I, like, I look for dress, dress, I look fine. Oh man, I wish you could put the picture here, but this is a podcast. So I know, don't them. worry, I may put it up on Instagram if anybody. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't <laughs> try. <laughs> no, but ah, no, but back then you guys were feeling yourselves. So yeah, super creative. We should tap more into that. Thank you so much, Daisela, for coming on the podcast, for gisting with us, sharing your experiences. Encourage. Do you have any words of wisdom or any advice to new students that are starting their masters this month? Um. So for new students, I think I mentioned a few. So number one, make sure you're there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. I mentioned the fact that get some work experience. Uh, while you are there, if you, if you know that that's what it's for, you be it an MBA, MSc, or LLM, mm-hmm. if you know that that's what's uh, the right decision for you, make sure you network, you know. Don't just be in your bubble. Come out of your shell. Yeah. You understand. Speak up. And speak up. Like, if, when you're in class, this one is not Nigeria. And again, I'm speaking from, from a Nigerian perspective. Your professors are approachable. Don't, you know, ask questions. Don't be ashamed your accent or whatever it is. Don't be ashamed. Whether you're on scholarship or you, it's uh, you're paying through your pocket or whatever. It's your money. It's you, yeah. you. You put in your time, so you have to get the best experience. So if you're not clear about something, and if you know that you don't want to be a nuisance in class, you can always meet up with your professor as he's working yeah, out of class. Officers. And the thing is, they are very open-minded here. People call their people call people that are in their 50s 60s by name they will yeah. tell you no, please call me please call me john they don't even want you to call. fail the system is they not designed for you to fail. to fail so yeah so don't 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 be in a cocoon be open-minded you understand and lastly especially for international students if you're coming to an international space i would always say always have a plan b right because many of us when you come here you're like oh i'm going to you know get a job you know i'm going to get that yeah, dream blah true. blah blah just know that when the opportunities come for you take it whatever it is and like i said before no skill like you gain skills from little things the little jobs even yeah. the bible the bible says it that see it a man diligent in his works 
he will stand before kings mm-hmm. and not mere men. So, and that's it, you know, David, if you remember the story of David in the Bible, David was tendering to the flock. His, every other person was ready when Samuel was looking for the anointed. Yeah, and you know, he, was, he was doing something. And then from, from being a, a shepherd, he became a king. So don't dis- despise the days of humble beginning. If you have the opportunity to work, do OPT, whatever comes your way, do it. And always have a plan B. Always have, don't just be a one. Ah, I have to get a job. I have to do this. I have to explore the opportunities that can make you stay in the country. That's your plan. If you intend on going back, you know, to your country, absorb the culture, you know, and that's it for that. And thank you so much, Yvonne, for having me. Thank you so much, Doreen Salah, for coming on the show. I really had a blast. If you've listened to this episode so far, please don't forget to rate, like, subscribe, tell a friend, share it with your friend, leave a review, send me an email at beautifulmindpodcast at gmail dot com follow me on instagram my instagram is msbesco m-s-b-e-s-c-o on ig and on twitter is beautifulmindpo send me a message i'll see you in the next episode bye